Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of the Rocket IT Business Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hyatt, and today we're talking with Marlon Allen, founding partner of Ramp Marketing. Ramp provides apparel to youth athletic teams, and they do a great job. But what I really love about Marlon is the way he approaches business and life. His purpose-driven approach and servant heart are an inspiration to me and many others. So let's get started. Marlon, welcome to the show. Well, Marlon, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. Man, glad to be here, Matt. So I want to, we're going to dive in a little bit about how we got to know one another. But before I get started, I want to hear yeah. a little bit about your marketing company, Ramp Marketing, which yep. most people, when we hear a little bit about what you actually do, probably right. wouldn't think marketing. Right, uh, right. But there's absolutely a marketing element to it. So let's dive right in. Tell us about Ramp Marketing. How'd you get started? Yeah. What, what do you do? Well, the, the core business model or, or what we do most is, is produce youth sports uniforms. And so that, that's really... And the marketing side of it came about because we, we really wanted or, or felt that if we took the, the Nike model, which they have created, and I'll probably refer they've, they've to They've done pretty well. They, they've done yeah, decent. Like you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they, we, we're right on the heels. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you take their model, you look at phenomenal business and, and what they've done in the world of sports. They, they took a team. They took Oregon University and said, you know what, we're going to. We're going to create a brand that's robust, that's dynamic, that's very different from whatever, what else was done. And so the marketing side of our business came because when we met with a customer or, or really a sports team, a youth sports team, you know, the name Ramp, we said, we want to ramp up your marketing efforts or your branding efforts or, or who you are as an organization. And, and, and we'll do it through, you know, custom apparel. Whether right. it's uniforms, T-shirts, you know, yoga pants, hoodies, <laughs> whatever it is, we want to we want to ramp up the organization. And so, nice. when you when you hear the term marketing, it's not your traditional marketing company, mm-hmm. but it's but it's really more about how can we take a youth organization because they're most people don't understand the ins and outs of of youth sports to the point of there are tons of folks working behind the scenes, sure, that are working to really create a credible organization, a respectable organization, one that's organized. And so a part of what we do outside of even producing uniforms is, is really, if I, if I want to use the word consult, but really, really just advise companies on best practices and ways that they can even, you know, organize their sports, you know, from registrations to, you know, whether it's online registrations and, and making sure that that's seamless for the parent or even, you know, trying on uniforms when that when that kid gets to a uniform fitting to make mm-hmm. sure that when the product comes back that it fits properly. So sure, quite a bit that goes involved in it. Right. Yeah. You know, so. uh, my my kids are grown now, but right. played some sports growing up, and we would you know take them to the ball field, and they'd try all kinds of different things. I think soccer and basketball yeah. were probably the ones that they spent the most time on. But it's a production, you know? It's, oh, absolutely. It's absolutely production. It's, you know, there's kids running around, especially when they're small, right? They yeah. run around all over the place. Their yeah. parents trying to figure out, all right, how, you know, how do I get signed up? Where do I need to be? That's right. Uh, and then you get into it. We're actually playing and, you know, we're bringing 
pretty much everything we own to the ball field. We're going to spend, <laughs> oh, spend that together. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, there's a lot. Which uh, is a whole nother business. Think, think about the times before. I, I wonder, what do we do before there were the carts that we wheel around right. now, uh, the wagons? <laughs> right. I mean, whoever created that, they're, they're making a killer. Right. I, I missed out on that opportunity. But, but you can't go to a sports field without seeing all the wagons. Right. I right. wonder what what did my parents do? You know, know, back in the day. <laughs> well, they they probably weren't bringing nearly as much stuff. That's yeah. for sure. Now that yeah. we've now we've got our carts and stuff, we can bring a lot. That's right. So tell me, how'd you get started in that that yeah. business? What was the attraction there? Well, it it was really more out of some people call it frustration. It, it, you you're frustrated with the something that happened. So in 2015, my nephew was essentially frustrated because he was getting charged eighty dollars a WAP for. A t-shirt design. <laughs> wow. Now, the graphic design is a huge business, and it's mm-hmm. it can be costly. He calls me up, Unc, hey, man, do you think you can do some t-shirt designs? And my degree in computer information management has, has kind of led me to be self-taught in different areas, hence the Adobe Creative Suite. Nice. So I get around and mess around in that. And, I'm and making kinda, a note of this. In case, you know, if this thing doesn't work out for you, let me know. That's right. Like, there you go. Help, right. So, yeah, uh, hey, I'm keeping my options open. Okay, now. Good. <laughs> but he calls me up and I say, yeah, I can help you out. So started doing some T-shirt designs for him. Wasn't even thinking about it as a business. But then the beginning of 2016, about January of 2016, one of his, his T-shirt customers, which he's out in Fort Worth, Texas, and his uh, son was playing youth sports or football at the time. So one of the Coaches or someone called him up. Hey, man, can you do basketball uniforms? He picks up the phone. Hey, Unc, <laughs> can we do basketball uniforms? I said, well, a lot of online resources. I'm sure we can get some blank uniforms and right. find a screen printer and, and, and you know, and, and make a couple of hundred dollars. So <laughs> still wasn't even really thinking about a business at the time. Huh. So we turn around that order, fulfill that order, and and while – from November of 2015 up until about February of 2016, my nephew was doing some research, and I didn't even know about it, for international apparel suppliers. Oh, wow. So he was doing all the research on that so to try to, to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Before, I, before we even discussed starting a business. Well, about November, about the time he calls me, I was starting my son's travel baseball team. Ah. Reached out to a past college teammate who was a rep for a, a big baseball company. Hey, man, I need some uniforms. So he said, I, I can outfit you. So <laughs> we ordered the uniforms in November, Matt, of 2015. I get a call from him in February of 2016 saying, hey, man, these uniforms won't be in to the end of March. Oh, no. So now I got, you know, 12 team, 12 parents that are looking at me like, where yeah, where, <laughs> where, where are our uniforms? Right. So I call up my nephew and says, "Hey, man, do you think you know you you got contacts with anybody that can do these?" He says, "Yeah, I think so." So that was the first time huh. that 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 I used a an overseas supplier mm-hmm. to do uniforms, custom uniforms for us. And the frustration that I had with <laughs> with my roommate, college teammate, <laughs> you know, who didn't it wasn't his fault. The company right. just and this was think about it. This was COVID was nowhere around. Right, right. So you didn't have COVID excuses. It was just the <laughs> fact that custom uniforms just took quite a while to get mm-hmm. to, to, for that company to fulfill. Right. So we got those done. 
And then May, so that happened March of 2016. So now we just start, we started dis- discussions about really starting the business and May of 2016 is, is when we started it. Wow. Happy five year anniversary. So there you go, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. it's, it's big for us. We're five years old. Yeah, so we, that's fantastic. we are, we're now eating whole foods and, you know, <laughs> solid foods right now. We're off the Similac, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Walking around, I think a we've talked bit. about that before. Yeah. You know, raising up a business is somewhat like raising up a kid. And Absolutely, we're yeah. still still got a rocket to sleep at night yeah. and take a bath. Yeah, five. They probably yeah, still need yeah, a lot of help. Still, a lot of help. We're still cooking <laughs> for them. You know, so fantastic. So that's that's where it came about, and so the name Ramp, which is folks said, what you know, where where does that name come from? Well, it's right. actually my initials and my. Well, first of all, my wife came up with the name. Ah, she was okay. sitting there. And we were just throwing out all kind of stuff. And uh-huh. she says, what about ramp? He says, why ramp? She says, well, that's your initial, Marlon at Allen and oh. Ronnie Pollard's initial. Oh. So she fixed it up in nice. her mind to yeah. come up with ramp. Okay. And then we're, me and my kids were in, <laughs> in our great room sitting down talking and we just started creating our own little jingle, ramp it up, ramp it up, and <laughs> whatever else. And so, I love it. Ramp it up. Actually, are you prepared to sing that jingle yeah, to us now? Not or? really. Okay, yeah, maybe, it's still in the maybe, booth. Maybe yeah. next episode. That's right. That's right. We're, we're still in the studio trying okay. to perfect it. All right, I got you. But ramp it up really became our tagline and, and motto, so to say, because that's. It's what we really wanted for our customers to believe that we were really going to take your ideas, ramp up those ideas, Ah, you know, in a, in a, in a way that only we could do Mm -hmm. that wasn't at the time really done in sports, especially for the youth, for youth teams. So, sure. So tell me, so there's a lot to unpack there. Let's, let's, let's start. So you mentioned college roommate and teammate. So yeah. So you have a background in sports. Can you tell us about that? Oh, absolutely, man. It it started at the age of eight years of age, my first time playing for the for the Parrots in <laughs> Columbus, Georgia, Love Eastern it. Little League. And uh-huh. that was my first year of baseball and, and uh, fell in love with it at first sight. Really? And wow. so I started playing baseball at eight years of age. And around 11, I, I can vividly remember – that year, one of the best baseball teams I had ever played on, we actually won the city championship that year. Oh, wow. I had one of my, I even remember having one of my best years in baseball and, and was second in the league in home runs and all of that stuff. <laughs> and, and, and that was a year where I said, you know what, I, I, you know, I want to play baseball. And at the wow. time, I don't know if you, you remember the, the follow, if, even if you follow the Braves or if you don't, but at the time, when I was that age, they used to sell these baby blue jerseys at the Guff. I'll call it the filling station, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is we call it the gas station right, now. Sure. But back then, we yeah, call yeah. it the filling station. Yeah. But the Gulf Gulf gas stations used to sell Dale Murphy baby blue. Oh, really? Vintage <laughs> jerseys, and oh, I used I to always that. want. I, I you know couldn't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> but that was my dream to have you know one of those jerseys because I love the Braves, love Dale Murphy. He's one of nice. my idols growing up and and so continued to play in high school and then received a scholarship to Columbus State University which is in my hometown That's Columbus Georgia deal. and and it's it a was funny scholarship. yeah well actually or was an academic 
<laughs> well, <laughs> it wasn't an academic. <laughs> now, I, I, I'll tell you this. I wasn't, wasn't smart off the chart, but, you know, parents had some high expectations. Sure. A-B student all the way through school. And, but it was a dual scholarship for basketball and baseball. Oh, wow. So okay. that actually was a baseball, a basketball scholarship because at the time, the basketball program at Columbus State, which was Columbus College in 1991, was a little bigger at the time or known more mm-hmm. than baseball. And so anyway, hmm. basketball scholarship. So they paid for my way through school nice. and then baseball allowed me to play. Okay. And the backstory behind that is funny because I have two older brothers that played Division One football. One wow. played at Georgia Paper Tech. Sports family. Yeah. Yeah. One played quarterback at Georgia Tech. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the other played quarterback at Austin Peay State University. Those two are Division One colleges, which is the highest level of college sport sports. Columbus College was Division Two, and and I remember the reporters asking, "Well, how do you feel?" you know, going to a Division two school and your brothers went to the Division one school. I said, but my brothers only played one sport. I'm a two, you know, I'm a two-sport athlete. So there you go. Some fun competition with them. Yeah. And, and, and so played three years in, in, in college, played two years of basketball. My junior season, I decided that it was time to concentrate on baseball and still was chasing the, the dream of playing professional baseball. Mm-hmm. And, that year was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds wow. to play professional baseball and spent five years in their organization, made it up to AAA, finished in AA, one step below the majors, finished in AA, and coached one year for the single-A team as a nice. hidden instructor. So, wow. a lot of sports. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Yeah. How did you feel getting drafted? I mean, was it like yeah. finally or was it a big surprise? or How, how uh, was that? It, it was, I mean, it was a big deal yeah. because, now I'll tell you this, I, and I have to, this is just for the record, it, it wasn't this huge signing bonus. I was drafted <laughs> in the 40th round. So if you ever follow sports, you know, you know, football, I think has, you know, maybe six rounds at the most, maybe mm. even five. Mm. Basketball doesn't have as many. So you're talking about, well, in baseball, it's a different model because of the minor league teams mm. that they had at the time. Mm-hmm. So they drafted, it was close to 50 rounds wow. of players that they drafted at the time. And so, but for me, it was more about the opportunity to to chase the dream and pursue the dream. The dream had become a reality at the time. Yeah. Because my scout sat down at, you know, my table at home and and we went through the whole you know, shebang of signing a professional contract, and wow. and he congratulated me on 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 now being a professional baseball player, and so <laughs> that meant I got paid, man. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. <laughs> now let me tell you about the pay because it's oh, very yeah? very interesting. Yeah, so at the time I was making <laughs> eight hundred and forty dollars a month. Oh, wow. As a professional baseball player, a lot of folks don't even know no. about that. No, and that was a minor league. That was a minor league. You want it, wasn't even necessarily called a contract, but that was a minor league pay at the time. I see. And it was funny because my first assignment was pre- it was Billings, Montana, which I was excited about because I'd never been on the West Coast. Oh, wow. And beautiful country out there. I mean, Completely absolutely different gorgeous. place. Yeah. 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 Three days later, they shipped me to 
I hope no one is listening from Princeton, West Virginia, but Princeton, West Virginia <laughs> is where they ship me. I'll just keep my comments because right? it's a special place as well. Because that's where Chris and Jessica are from. Are they? No, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but Princeton, West Virginia, very totally different from Billings, right? But we get there and they show us a boarded up dorm, college dorm. It was boarded up that oh we would goodness. be staying at for the summer. So, what? Oh my gosh. So, and then they were taking out about $200 a check for, or about $150 a month or something for, for rental of this boarded up. Oh my gosh. Closed down college dorm room. So that's the life of a professional baseball It doesn't player. sound as glamorous as I thought. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. I'm telling you. Wow. So, so uh, yeah. Well, you've got to, you must really love the craft to go through that. Yeah. Oh Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how how so how long was the career total? And About five, five. It was five years. Wow. Coach one year. Hmm. After that year, I was twenty six years old, and I got a call saying that I was too old. Uh, Are you serious? The, yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh! And they say they were going in a more youthful direction, which really means that they have some younger prospects uh-huh. that at the time seemed more promising than what I was. That sounds pretty cutthroat. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yes, wow. you best believe it is a it's a cutthroat business. Huh. Cuz at the time you're not, you know, it's not a soccer parent or a soccer family right. going to sign up. Right. I mean, it's a business and and you're in it to win. Well, I'll tell you what though. Think about that. How, you know, how many kids at 11 years old have any idea what they want to do as an adult? Right. And then that, that's a very small number. Right? Absolutely. It's got to be a very small number. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I remember thinking about what I wanted to do in my late teens. Right. And most people would consider that very early. Right. Right. But, that's right. You know, 11 years old, that's, that's pretty darn early. And then how many 11-year-old kids dream of playing professional baseball that actually get to do it? Right. You're one yeah. of a million probably. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. amazing. I'm, I'm blessed. I, yeah. And I really realized that and, and realized that the opportunities that, that life and, you know, and God has afforded me is, mm-hmm. is all the more reason for me to give back the way that, you know, the way that I do and, and, and that's keeps fantastic. us going. So, yeah. yeah. So I would think cool. that it's probably helps a lot, especially in your line of work, working with youths, as you say, and, and yeah. providing the uniforms and you're directly involved in the sports field. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a funny word to say, but yeah, no, sports it is. field. That's pretty awesome that you really get to carry on and, and still be around all of that. Yeah. Now, have you done any coaching with <laughs> as your kids are growing up? Or is that that's a thing for you? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's a part of who I, I am. Thought you mentioned that. Uh, so tell me, tell me about as that. a matter How much time of fact, are you spending doing that stuff. As a matter of fact, I'm probably sure that that one of my kids, when, when they are unfortunately, well, I'll just say fortunately, they're standing up, you know, talking about me when I'm long and gone. <laughs> They'll probably call me coach before they call oh, me really? daddy. <laughs> You've always been coaching. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, funny story. My daughter's in the, in, in the chorus, and she comes home, and she's singing a song. And I said, all right, baby, let me just talk to you about that. She said, Daddy, does it really have to be a lesson or a coaching session every time we do something? I said, yes, because that's just who I am. All right. so. <laughs> You're stuck with me. Yeah. Right. But, now, yeah, coaching is a big part of, of, of our life and what we do, so. So you touched on something earlier, and it reminded me, I think, I, and you forgive me if I'm wrong. We'll cut right. this out if I'm wrong. But I, 
I think I remember that there was a story about your brother when he was quarterbacking. Yeah. Wasn't he, yeah. Didn't he have sort of a touch of fame there uh, somewhere? Can <laughs> you little, tell us about that? A little touch of fame yeah. for all of you Rudy fans out there and you, the Notre, you Notre Dame, Dame football, yeah. yeah you Notre Dame fans you you know Rudy Rudiger's name uh-huh. and I and, met him uh, once did you yeah, yeah he came, he's, came he's, to some conference and yeah I got to yeah, awesome speaker him. yeah and I, I got a chance to yeah. meet him as well nice in my hometown and and that was a part of the story well anyway always big sports trivia I ask people do you know who who Rudy Rudiger sacked in real life and they're thinking about the movie and <laughs> And I said, no, go and pull up the YouTube video, the Rudy play. And it's an actual play. And at the time, my brother was playing quarterback at Georgia Tech and and Notre Dame was playing Georgia Tech when Rudy Rudiger, you know, got into that game. And and at the end of the game, he he actually sacks my brother. And so (laughs) so Rudy, Rudy Rudiger sacks Rudy Allen. Ah, okay. So I tell my brother all the time, you have really missed out on millions <laughs> because you could have gone on a speaking tour as the other Rudy. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and he actually has a pretty powerful story. My brother is, he is, I mean, you want to talk about an idol outside of my dad and just the things that he accomplished. Second African-American quarterback at Tech. Oh, really? So oh, wow. A lot of, I mean, I could have a, I could talk a, we could have a whole nother podcast just about that story. That's pretty cool. And for him, it's pretty inspirational mm-hmm. to see what he went through and for people really to know Rudy Rudiger's story more so than his story, which at the time was, was pretty phenomenal oh, to yeah. be able to go to a college in the 70s uh-huh. as, a, as a black quarterback and, 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 and for a college to accept you in that position. Mm-hmm. Back then, it just wasn't done. So. So that's a part of, that's really of, cool. of our family's just story and, and even some inspiration that we all use to, I love to it. drive us. So. I love it. That's yeah. that so awesome. Yeah. So speaking of family, you know, you and I have known each other for you know, a couple of years now. Yeah. I mean, we've known each other longer, but we've yeah. really kind of been friends the last couple of years, right? Absolutely. And something you've mentioned several times in our conversations and meetings we've been in together is the impact that you're parents and specifically yeah. your mom like you yeah. mentioned your dad but i remember yeah. a lot of stories about your mom can you tell us a little bit about how yeah. her leadership <laughs> and how growing up with with your mom and dad how that affects your day-to-day decision maker i have a feeling that yeah you you, you know what's what's the good word i'm looking for here that she reigned control <laughs> oh, <laughs> is yeah. what it seemed like when i've heard these stories so yeah. how, how does how does her legacy live out in, in your life. Absolutely, Matt. It, it's, and really for both of my parents, as a matter of fact, shout out to them. We are in two weeks celebrating my dad's 85th birthday wow. and my mom's 84th birthday. Oh, wow. So we're having okay. a big gathering in Columbus, oh, Georgia. Fun. So Very we're nice. organizing that. So big deal. And mom was, was, was very influential because of really her servant, her servant heart. So we're growing up. Matter of fact, they still live in the same home today. Really? Wow. Which my dad actually built in the 60s. Wow. Because he, he was a bivocational pastor, and mm-hmm. so part of his, his other work when he wasn't in a pulpit was a brick, brick masonry. And, and so one of the jobs at the time that he was had was building the neighborhood that they lived in. Really? Wow. Uh, or that they eventually moved into. I think it was 1964, right around when my 
Please tell me he lives in a brick house. Yeah, okay, it is. Good. Yeah. Now, that's all he believes in. It's, it's brick. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have any stucco back then. <laughs> you know, not a whole lot of that stuff. But so anyway, mom, stay-at-home mom, domestic engineer, as you call uh-huh. her. Yep. And just very influential. Seven, seven kids. I'm wow. number six out of the seven. And, and the family is kind of two stages. So my top three siblings, my brother and two sisters are all three years apart. Then I think there's about a six-year gap with my middle brother, which he, he says, he claims he's the miracle child, Vince Allen. <laughs> and then there's another six-year gap between Vince and Tanya, or, or the bottom three kids, right. which is Tanya, my older sister, three years apart from her, then me, then Denitra, three years apart. Nice. So it's a 19-year span between the youngest and the oldest. Wow. So, those so it's almost the youngest come along, the oldest is Yeah, he was off, gone. Off yeah. College, yeah. He was gone. And, and so my mom you know, was raising essentially two different families in oh, a sense. Wow. Huh. And so, and so I don't, her, is it better or worse to be the second half? Like, you know, it was they probably better. make all the mistakes on the first half, right? And they take a breather well, <laughs> and say, okay, let's try this again. Yeah. We'll take everything we that's learned. That's right. That's right. And we're going to make sure that Alan and brother and sister. That's right. That's right. So, so I. I, I Two I, sisters I, on either side of you. Four, one one yeah. older and one younger. Yep. Right now. Okay. That's gotcha. right. Yep. And, and four total sisters. Four yeah. total sisters, two brothers. So I, I've heard that the younger siblings had it easy compared to the older <laughs> ones. And I, I can imagine that. I can see that. Right. My son now thinks that my daughter has it much easier than him. Uh-huh. So, but well, he had to do all that training with you. I'm not, you mom, Oh yeah, right? <laughs> that's right. We had to <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> By the time Sarah come along, we, we knew it. Then. Right. Yeah. At least thought we did. Uh-huh. But yeah, my brother used to say that my dad did a lot of coaching mm. when, when they were coming up more so than what they did from, when, when I was coming up, right, and I just tell him I was just a better athlete. He, had, <laughs> he didn't have to coach me as hard. So, Perfect. You know. right. But to go back to your original question about mom, very yeah. influential, servant's heart, mm. three-bedroom home that we lived in, and mm. she was always she, – she would always bring kids in who, for whatever reason, needed a place to stay for an extended period of time. Whatever their home life or so their – all of you and other people. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So it was, it was, it was, and, and, you know, and I never grew up feeling like, you know, I didn't have my mom or, or my mom was giving attention to someone else. Mm. And she always, every Saturday or during the week, baby, have you read your Sunday school lesson? You know, <laughs> for Sunday school, she, nice. she was the one, the stickler for, for that. And, 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 you know, my dad came in in terms of discipline whenever mom just got to the point where she said, you know what, I'm telling your dad, <laughs> you know, and then he would come in and we never really wanted that right, to happen right. because when dad disciplined some one of us, everybody was crying. Uh-huh. <laughs> everybody cried. <laughs> if, if, if he got on to me, then my other sisters were crying oh, no. because it was it was pretty tough. Gotcha. But, but the, my parents were very, I mean, just, just their life of, of service. And, yeah. and that's what I look at. And, and that's the legacy. They always, I'm in Rotary Club of Gwinnett County right now. Our motto is service above self. Mm. And I didn't have to join Rotary to learn that because mm-hmm. that's what our family was about. That's what we're about today. And my oldest brother always says, if you see a need, then meet it. So meet the need. <laughs> you there see you a need, meet the need. I love it. And 
And that's how we, you know, that's how we live. So that is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's dive in a little bit. I want to talk more about the business. Yeah. Sounds like, you know, you told us a little bit about how you got started. I think there are several things that are interesting about that story. Number one is you're, you know, you're working with a partner that's also a family member. Yep. That's not always the easiest. That's right. And so I'd like to kind of jump into that a little bit. And then also you're separated by, you know, geographically, you're separated by states. Absolutely. And so you were doing the work from home before it was cool, right? Absolutely. You know, a lot of us had to transition. Yeah. Right. So any special challenges or any unique way you have to do things when you're working with your family member who's also a coworker? Like I can't imagine if you're falling down on the job and he's got to call you out. (laughs) How that goes. Call Uncle Marlon. Yeah, out. Right. yeah. Or vice versa. <laughs> right, right. So how, how do you handle those kinds of discussions or is, yeah. is it super easy? It's at times it's easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say in five years, we, we just had our probably our biggest disagreement oh, yeah. <laughs> in five years. And I'll take that. Right. If it, so if it's not until another five years, right. I'll take that. See, because, he's not on the podcast, so we're only going to so, hear your side of the story. <laughs> well, you're only going to get what I just told you. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But my nephew and I, we at, at, at one point, him, his sister, and, and his mom, my oldest sister, were, were living with us. So that was one of those stories oh, where wow. they were in the household with us. So we grew right. up pretty tight. So you were very good close. friends. We were very close growing mm-hmm. up. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, he, I, I, I tell him even today, he was a much better baseball player than I was. Oh yeah. But he just chose a different route. And so, but anyway, <laughs> Ronnie and I have a, have a very uh, a Kendrick spirit, entrepreneurial spirit at the core of who we are. Mm. And so our vision for the company, it aligns and yeah. that's uh, important. It, it, it really is. And, and so, he handles the, the Fort Worth. He's in Fort Worth, Texas. So really, Texas is big enough for him to, to, to do without anything else. And right. so a big part of our business originated for, with, with some of the teams out in Texas. Mm. And so he's, he's probably one year ahead of me introducing certain products to Georgia. So, oh, interesting. Okay. So, for instance, in 2016, when we started the business, he was the first to really – I did baseball jerseys that year, which is pretty simple, but he did football, which is a more complicated product in terms of oh. the way that it's built and mm-hmm. constructed. And so then 2017, I came about and started introducing football to the – to some of the youth leagues here in mm-hmm. Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how we have, how the business has just kind of naturally, it, it's organically mm-hmm. been built that way. And it has worked, it, it certainly has worked for us. And so what I didn't say about the start of the business is that you, you mentioned 11th grade, which was about the time well, I also said I wanted to own a sports company. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so right. nice. I was pretty intrigued. And I'm trying to think of a sports company back then because it wasn't many that I could. I went into. And it it may even have been Kmart back in the mm-hmm. day, long sure. before Walmart. Right. But you would, I would go in the sports session and, section and say, hey, man, I want to own a sports store, <laughs> sports equipment store one day. And wow. so – that was about fifth grade, about the same time yeah. I was all wrapped up in baseball as well. And, and then for us to be able to do it and see that dream as well, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. And, and, That's nice. And, and so for us, it works 
it works hand in hand. Now, I do have yeah. a question, though, about how you divide up the workload. Yeah. Because that's always a question of how, right. you know, especially if you've got multiple partners. Okay, this partner is going to right. uh, conquer a particular role. Like we met, we yep. had a podcast recently with Level 7 Facility Services. And gotcha. we were talking about how, you know, one, one partner is sorely focused on business development. The other one's yep. more behind operations. It sounds like right. you guys are almost running two different businesses, you know, related, but you're running right, your right. thing. So is it, okay, I'm wearing the it's, sales and operation and purchasing right, right. here, and so is my partner right, back in right. Dallas, or, or <laughs> how, how does that work? So, so be, be, I mean, because of the way that the, the model is, obviously we're selling, and, we, and you have the ability to sell nationwide or even worldwide. Mm. So with that, our influence in our own communities is, is very different. Mm. And to have him to call on a potential customer in Georgia just doesn't make sense for our business model. Sure. And so because of that, we have, uh, there are some roles in, in, uh, in the company that overlap, such as sales. Mm-hmm. We're, we're both sales driven, and that's the core of our, our business is, is selling the product. Mm-hmm. And we both know the product. We know the uniform. We know how it's supposed to fit. And we can pretty much convince you know, a whale in the sea to, to wear a ramp <laughs> uniform if there he needs go. it, you know. <laughs> right. And so and so that aspect of, of the company at this, uh, even from the beginning, we always felt needed to happen that way. Mm-hmm. The way that the roles pretty much are, are segmented, he still takes on the, the huge responsibility of, of supplier or, or factory research. So as our business continues to grow, we're always making sure that, that we're contracting with the best factories to produce what we're doing. Sure. And so uh, along with that research in terms of those factories also comes along product development and research, which mm. that's his lane. Okay. For instance, right now, he's really in his first year of offering cheer uniforms and, and, mm. and, and apparel. Okay. I don't touch it here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cheer, cheer uniforms, in my mind, is pretty high maintenance when you're All dealing right. with some cheer, cheerleaders. <laughs> but he's working through. You know what's coming, though. It, it's coming. It yeah, is. I mean, if you're, yes. if you're a year behind, <laughs> yes. just get your mind right. <laughs> we're, we're already, we have some organizations yeah. that are already, always, already asking me, you know, do you all offer cheer? So nice. he's perfecting it, and, 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 and that, that research takes a lot of his time. Mm. So I've taken, and this, this is just kind of how it naturally happened. I've taken more of the operational role of it, ah, okay. overseeing the, the HR aspects, the, the accounting aspects of it. Graphic design? You know, we, we do a little bit of that. It's a hybrid model okay. because we do have... I didn't know um, if you were still heavy yes, into that or not. Not as much. Mm. Early on I was because of the, the type of we call them mock-ups or uniform mock-ups that our customer that we feel our customers needed to see. Mm-hmm. So we produce 3D Photoshop mock-ups oh, wow. for our. Yeah, it's not like it customers. when we were growing up. Is you know you're lucky to get a little you know, yeah. patch or something <laughs> on the corner. You, now you see uniforms and like it's uh, 360 it all the way around, right? It's a. I mean, there there are details to the uniform. I mean, you look you you can do a 360 turn of a uniform, and there are mm-hmm. some aspects of it that we are 
that we're adding or elements to the uniform that we add that differentiates one team from another. And these wow. teams, you go back to marketing, these teams, they love their teams. They love their brand. They love their mascot. So every detail that we can incorporate in the uniform, you know, it's, it's, it's important. So yes, I still, if it's some details that our suppliers or our factories mm-hmm. can't do, then I'll come in and, and, and make sure mm-hmm. that, that that is taken to the next level. So, so you're, you're keeping the saw sharp. <laughs> there you go. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah we still, <laughs> we, we are still, you know, have our, our pens to the paper, so to say, right. when it comes to graphic design. Plus, I'm, you know, for me, I'm a, I'm a creative mind and, uh-huh. and, you know, I do a little videographer, uh, videographing here and there and okay. messing around with that. And, and that's just a, it's a hobby of mine that I've always been attracted to. So Interesting. Yeah. back in the day, I remember when it, it was funny, Adobe Premiere came out and I was an avid fan of Adobe Premiere. And then Final Cut Pro came out when I shifted gears to, to Mac and I was going to ask PC and or Mac. <laughs> yeah, I'm all Mac. <laughs> yeah. And and so so anyway, I kind of transitioned from there. So the whole Adobe suite is it is it's a perfect model because those tools are things that we always use, mm-hmm. you know, to to carry out. Well, I tell you what, they've got a good business model. If oh, you yeah. need either any one of their products, you end up basically buying all buying of them. Buying all of yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it's pretty, what, yeah. pretty cool. So we need to figure out how to do that with our with our services and our products. There you right? go. So yeah. You, you know, well, and you've got to figure it out. You know, Sally needs a uniform. Well, so do all twenty six. You know. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You know, you not only need a uniform, <laughs> but you need socks to match. Uh-huh. You need a a compression shirt, yeah. or you need shorts as yeah. a practice uniform and yeah. t shirt. Yeah. So we add value outside of the uniform, and it's important. Mm. And so now if we go to your website yeah. and remind me, rent is a ramp market? Rampmarketingco.com. Okay, I yep. thought it might be CO. Yeah. You got a pretty meaty mission on there. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not just, you know, to provide the best uniforms right. for sports teams in Georgia and Fort Worth. It's bigger than that. Can you tell yeah. where did that come from? What's 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 the idea there? It's our, our mission of in, of really infusing in, in our customers or, or just people that we meet, when, when a person is introduced to RAMP, we, we become very inspired to, to infuse that person with, with what we believe drives us as a, customer, as a company. Hmm. Creativity, partnerships, innovation. So the, those, those key words are very important to us because hmm. when I sit down with the with a customer, I don't want it to be a a, a, a very one dimensional transaction. So let's Trans, let, transactions a good word. You don't want it to be just transactional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now let's talk about the partnership and let's mm-hmm. talk about, you know, I understand that we that you want uniforms and yes, we can handle that. But talk to me about your organization and 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 let's see what we can really do to to infuse your organization with the creativity, the inspiration, the innovation, the partnership, the, the, the influence that we have that we believe drives our company that we also believe can drive your, your organization. Mm-hmm. 
And at the end of it, it means that that the future leaders of the world really have a a very unique experience in that sport, sure. whether it's baseball, football, basketball. As sports has done so much for me, Matt, and I know you you know that you probably can uh, don't even have to guess. You just know <laughs> it. It has it's a huge part of my life. Right. And there is a there is a power within sports that we truly believe changes the lives of, of kids that mm. participate in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just playing a game on a Saturday or a right. Friday. I mean, it's, it's, it's life-changing. And me and my wife was talking the other day, and we were, we were saying football is the one sport that you hear athletes say changed their life. Really? Huh. Yeah. You, you can hear stories from, yeah. from NFL athletes, and they'll say because of football, if it wasn't for football – you know, my life would be derailed or, or I'd be on a detour. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't hear that too often in baseball. I think <laughs> the makeup of baseball, the demographics of baseball is pretty different. But, Interesting, yeah. But for football, we hear it a lot. Right. And, and to see it's kids' lives changed, you know, because of that. And in this community, Gwinnett County, one of the largest school systems in the state of, uh, well, really in the nation. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, it's a pretty big deal for us, and even out in Texas, for us to, to, to be able to provide a uniform for a kid and to know that when he wakes up in the morning and he puts on our uniform, he, he's going to be jacked up about how he looks. Right. Right. And you think about the, the uh, you know, kids today. We often have conversations about how they look, mm-hmm. you know, the way they dress. Sure. And. And I don't know, I would imagine you, you, your parents taught you this, but first impression is your last impression. Right. So for us, when they put that uniform on, we, we want them to, to really feel good and know yeah. that, man, not only can you look good, but, but this will inspire you to play your best. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a pretty it. big deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I love it. So you mentioned community. Yeah. That's how that's how we got to know each yep, other a little that's bit. Right, we, we that's right. That's right. On board for a local bank, but tell us a little bit about that because it seems like seems like you've really embraced your community. You're involved in a lot of different ways. You mentioned Rotary. Yeah. Tell me about that. Is that part of the marketing plan of Ramp, mm-hmm. or is there something different at work there? What what yeah. draws you to that? Well, the. Community. I, I, I've always been drawn to the community, and it it's, it stems from the example that my parents set. Mm. And my dad actually was going to seminary school in Tennessee when he left seminary school to come home to Columbus, Georgia, to organize the civil rights movement. Oh wow! So that was oh, you know, that back all? in I mean, the six. What's that? Is that all? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So so in Columbus, he was one of the the, the organizers of of the movement back then. And so, and so me learning that because I wasn't even born at the time, but me learning that, hearing about it, Mm. growing up in a city where people really respected my dad for, for his sacrifice and, Mm. and go back to, to mom and for her waking up in the morning, fearing the life of her kids Mm. because of the mission of her husband. It was pretty, it's pretty serious deal. And so for yeah. me, I, I, I've, I learned that from my parents and the influence that they had in the community. And that's just our DNA. That's who we are. And so, yes, it can, we can look at it and create, you know, 
some some story that it's a part of of, of the company. Mm-hmm. But no, it's a part of who we are. Whether it's I'm working for Ramp or any other company, I love it. I, I'm we're, we're going to be involved in the community. And people always ask me, how do you have have the time to do what you do? And <laughs> my life mission is simply to die. <laughs> to die on E. <laughs> I'm going to be on E when I right, die. So I'm going to be empty. So now if Tasha was here, my wife, she probably, you know, would roll her eyes at me because really? she's like, yeah, you need to, you need to, you need to pull it back a little bit. Right. <laughs> but just, just for instance, so in Rotary, so the things that I've been involved in here in Gwinnett County, which I think is huge, this community is very special. It's very similar in ways to to what I grew up with in Columbus, hmm. but really started out in the Rotary Club of Gwinnett County when I first got involved. Then I would say I became president of the club. Leadership Gwinnett came about that same year, 2015. Nice. Got involved in that. After I went through the program, started working on the committee. So. You know how it is. You become visible in the community. People begin to know you. They know what you stand for. Soon, uh, I was later asked to be a trustee on the Gwinnett County School Board's foundation. So I'm currently doing that. Let's see what else. I'm a. I started a leadership program for African and male, African American male ninth grade students at Decula High School. So really, huh. that was on Paul. That's been on Paul's because of COVID, but we're about to start that back up. Hmm. So I'm doing that. I'm a chaplain at, for the fo- sports teams at Decula High School. I'm the president of the Touchdown Club at Decula High School. So I, I don't say all of this to say that. I'm surprised you, you know, it's time to come here. <laughs> it, right. <laughs> it's tight. But I don't, I'm not bragging about any of that. You know, it's just what I just believe that is my, my role in the community. Now, I don't know if I have a whole lot more time to give right now, but yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty, it's just awesome to, to be able to influence and impact and serve others is simply what it is. Mm-hmm. And so Oconee State Bank, I think our, our role there, Rowan Task Force and a huge project mm-hmm. that, that's. Yeah, uh, for our listeners, they should look up Rowan. Yeah, absolutely. About this project that's yeah. taking place in our county is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I don't even have time to even start talking yeah. about that. Yeah. But yeah, look up Rowan. And and so those are just ways that we that we give back. It's simply that. So well I love that. I do wonder how you have time to balance the five year old baby business. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm, and I'm saying that kind of half kidding. Because yeah. a, a five year old business requires a lot of attention from its founders. Yes. And you're very active in the community, and I think you just listed off nine different things that you're involved in. But you also have kids at home. How old are your kids? My kids are 14. My son is 14, and my daughter is 11. Okay. So, so yeah, they're, they're at a tender age. Yes. Know, through middle school, early high school, probably, somewhere around there. That's a lot going on. It's a how, lot. How do you make time for all that? And my marriage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. So. I couldn't do it without her, but so you sleep three hours a night. Is well, that how you get the more time, or well, it's interesting work? as I've the the older I become, the the more important sleep is to me, and mm-hmm. and it's and it's interesting, and and I think we can all say that because in our younger days, you know, we didn't get <laughs> we could, <laughs> we could really 
go an entire day off a couple of hours of sleep. So very intentional, and I'm thankful for for Apple that has the features on my phone that I can put on the Do Not Disturb. Oh, nice. (laughs) Sometimes I don't abide by it, the notification, (laughs) but it has helped develop some sense of discipline for the rest that I know I need in the day. So my day usually starts at about 4 a.m. Oh, really? Partly is because our company, uh, uh, we're using international suppliers, Mm. which is about anywhere from seven to nine hours time difference. So me interacting with them in the morning or or in their afternoon or whatever it is, is very important. So that's how I I get a lot of done, a lot done for my for my work. So by the time my kids wake up, I've had four hours of work pretty much done. <laughs> right. And so it, 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 it allows me to be a little bit more flexible I like that. during the day, whether it's to pick my kids up from school or to take them to practice or to take them to sports, you know, events or, you know, what, uh, whatever the case yeah. may be. So we are very fortunate that our schedule allows us to to get everything done. and So I got to know, what time did you go to bed last night? I was in the bed at 10. Okay. That's, I was in that's the bed still at 10. a pretty long day, 4 a.m. Yeah. to 10 p.m. Yeah, it's, it's long. long. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's long. Now I start, and I start winding down at, yeah. you know, about 7 o'clock or yeah. so, and it just kind of depends on the day. Right. Gotcha. But my mental, and that's the thing, turning turning the business off mentally. Mm. Over time, that has, has has improved. Okay, that's good. And and that's it, because I realize, as as I think we both said that it, whatever that issue is, most of the time it's not life threatening. Mm-hmm. And and you realize that okay, you don't you you, you don't have to like do everything right now. Mm. It'll be and there so, for you in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really will. Yeah. And and so and so that's that's just kind of what I've learned over the years, and and certainly don't stress as much I love it. as I used to. Living a more you. healthier life. Yeah, so. no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, if I brought your wife in here and asked her how you do with that, she would agree with you. Uh, I would don't say, bring my wife in and ask. That's that right. Question. No, we'll bring your wife yeah. in and ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> I think she'll say I'm improving, but right. I got a long ways to go still. Okay. There's still time for you. There's still yeah. hope. There's still some days when I don't turn it off. Right. This has been a great natural. conversation. We're going to move on real quick to yeah. our lightning round. These are questions we ask every one of our guests. And the first one is, tell us about somebody who's had a profound impact on your life. Who's, who's yeah. stepped into your life and really changed things for the better? <laughs> it, it's hard for me not to say my dad. Yeah. I, 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 I really try to think of somebody else. And uh-huh. I know I've talked a little bit about my dad. But I, it's my dad, and and part of me observing his life came mm. when, in 1980, he started the church that we grew up in, and as a result of a result of him being a result of him being a bivocational pastor, learning the trade of construction, he was able to build our churches. You literally uh, built. The he churches. built it, yeah. which was my summer job. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there was okay. a couple of summers where I worked for my dad. So you've laid a brick or two. Yeah. I, well, no, no, I didn't even learn because <laughs> I was a laborer. I was working uh-huh. the hardest thing. I was, I was bringing bricks okay, to the brick layers. And, yeah. <laughs> hardest work ever. You right. want to talk about why do I go, why did I go to college and finish? It was because of those <laughs> summer jobs with my dad. 
I and see. he, I remember one day he, he says real quickly, he says, I was carrying some bricks in one hand. He said, Hey son. I said, yes, daddy. I knew it was going to be something. He says, what's <laughs> wrong with your left hand? I looked, I said, nothing wrong with my left hand. He said, well, I need to see some bricks in those hands too. <laughs> so, so he, he was, he was pretty tough. If uh, I wanted funny. a day off, I didn't ask my dad. I asked my mom, but <laughs> But his faith is the influence of my dad and his faith. I remember someone in the city walking by the church saying, man, what do you need with all of this church? You don't even, you don't have enough members or you won't, how are you going to pay for it? And when I heard that, it was because I knew then that my dad had a different type of faith mm. to, to, to really build a building as big as it was at the time and, and to do what he did in ministry. It was, it was pretty phenomenal. That is amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds like a terrific guy. I yeah, man. <laughs> hope, hope we get to meet him someday. That's yes, sir. Cool. Yeah. All right. So next one, are you a, are you a reader? Are you a podcast guy? What's, yeah, a what's little, your, bit, little bit learn? of both. A little bit of both. It, yeah. and, it, and these days, it's, it's transitioned to, to the audio books. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. me, um, it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I've always been a Nike fan growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, m- most athletes are just mm-hmm. fascinated by the company. So my, my favorite book is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Oh, yeah. And, and for me, is is not so much about the brand, but it, I'm just intrigued that everything that they went through in, in the 70s to, to get the company where it is today. And for, for many of us, we just see the company as it is. Mm. Whether it's the endorse the, the the athletes that endorse that are endorsers sure. or, you know, the different brands or the different types of shoes, but but to hear his story where he even went overseas to negotiate, mm. you know, product development and to learn that, man, it was it it, it quickly became a yeah, very inspirational one of my favorite. And then Nice. I don't, by the way, we've had a lot of folks through here. I don't think anyone's mentioned that book, but it is a terrific book with a great reputation. Yeah. A lot of people love that book. Yeah, it is. So, so many different, different stories in there. And then folks probably saying, man, sound like you need to go work with Nike, but they have a (laughs) trained, a trained, trained podcast that they do. It's called trained. Oh, okay. And it's, it's really more about it's training in so many different ways Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's where I learned LeBron was on one time talking about the importance of sleep uh-huh. and, and how that's probably one of the things that has the most impact on your performance is the amount Straight of rest, rest that you get. And, mm-hmm. and I think most of us naturally know that, mm-hmm. but, but to hear him talk about it, how important it is for him you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, you're out in L.A., you in a big city, and <laughs> I mean, you, this huge celebrity, and and he gets on, and he's talking about sleeping, <laughs> you know. Yep. So that that's that's one that pretty. So Nike's trained podcast. Yeah. Check that out. So tell us, you've been in business for a while now. Yep. But you've also had this baseball career, and I know you're involved in a lot of different nonprofits and so forth. What's what's an important lesson you can share with the listeners that that's been really key to, to your success. It's, I want to say John Maxwell said it. It says every, everything rises and falls on leadership. Hmm. And I, I think when I look at, at every turn of my life, every stage of my life, everything that I'm involved in, 
Well, one of the natural attractions I have is just to look around and see who's who's leading it. You know, yeah. who's you know, you can I can tell a lot about who you are as a person when I walk into this in, into this building. And and I think that is so important. And it, it is it hmm. is lessons that I hopefully are doing the I'm doing the best I can to transfer it to my kids. Yeah. Sounds like you're doing and a great job. I, I hope so. I mean, uh, you want to talk about <laughs> in, feeling inadequate. Parenting, <laughs> parenting on many days yes. makes me feel inadequate, right. <laughs> you know, so. It is kind of funny how that works, huh? Yeah. You think you've got things figured out and then God throws a kid at you. Oh, Lord. You're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And <laughs> then we learn everything. Yeah. But, but have a have a great partner in, in, in that as well. So. Right. Well, and then you yeah. get the second one, and that one's completely different than the first. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. Funny how that works. It is. Yeah. It is oh, boy. It is so many stories on that, right. but, yeah, it is. Well, Marlon, it, it has been a real pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you for making absolutely. the time to spend with us. Marlon Allen with Ramp Marketing, and great job, sir. Thank you so much for having us, Matt. Thank you. On that note, it's time to wrap things up. Marlon, from myself and our audience, thank you for joining me today. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Before we go, a quick plug for Rocket IT. Did you know that organizations with mentors retain 94% of employees for a longer period of time? To learn how Rocket IT's virtual chief information officer can reduce burnout in your technical staff and transform your IT managers into strategic leaders, visit rocketit.com VCIO.